Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my new friend, Miss Dream Mullick. So Dream is a writer, a teacher, a producer, a death coach, a dreamer, and somebody who I deeply enjoyed dropping in with. Um, I mean... The, the the first time I met Dream, I could just feel her depth. Like this is an individual who has been deeply informed by her own experiences with loss, with sacred plants and psychedelics, with doing the deep inner work of learning to live fully in the moment and move through all of the blockages that are stopping her from doing so. And, you know, I just really appreciated this conversation. We, we went in you know, the, the central theme of the conversation was living from a place of ceremony, which is really this idea of approaching each moment as if it has something reverent, uh, to teach us. It's, it's approaching each moment with, um, the appreciation, the gratitude, being able to see the beginnings and the endings, um, on a day to day basis instead of just waiting for life to give us opportunities to feel the beginnings and endings. And it was a profound perspective. It, brought me into my heart and I just really appreciated the way that dream showed up into the conversation, just bringing so much love and softness and bringing a lot of um, clarity around what it means to soften into our intuition and what it means to integrate the different aspects of ourselves, particularly the heart and the mind, which requires practice and training because society often focuses on developing the mind but neglects teaching the importance of engaging all the aspects of ourselves. And so I really appreciated this conversation. So much goodness came from it. And I just can't wait for you to experience this lovely human being. So without further ado, here is the amazing Miss Dream Mullick. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded. Hi, Dream. Hi, dear one. Mm. I am alive in many ways, excited for our drop-in together. I've been looking forward to this for a few days now, and I saw that this is what was going to be happening on my day. I actually got really, really, really excited because we were talking earlier. There's just so much, there's so many places we can take this conversation but I would actually love to bring it to the concept and the idea of ceremony. And what does it mean to live from a place of ceremony? That, my friend, is one of my uh, waking, working mantras. <laughs> and, you know, what is it to live from a place of ceremony? It's presence. It's it's really just presence as I see it. It's, it's in that way, it's all ceremony. And I say that from the lens of, of not dismissing or denigrating ritual or ceremonial containers. But if we think of our life also ceremonial container, and we're in relationship or relatedness with like for me, it's like, can I have this water? And when I put it in my mouth, can I remember the life force that's in this water? Uh, when I turn on the fountain, can I remember? When I put my feet on the earth, can I remember? I mean, it's just perpetual remembering as I as I experience it. Like, oh, this is us. This is us. This is us too. That's ceremony. Why do we forget? <laughs> well. That is, um, isn't that a fun question? 
You know, I've been considering this a lot lately as I have been having a lot more rememberings and I, and a lot of my community and people that I speak with are like having this, these quickenings right now. Why do we forget? What's come through me is that it's almost by design (laughs) that we created it this way. It's part of the evolution of our consciousness. Some of us come in with more memory. Some of us come in with less memories. It's not good or bad or right or wrong. And if we just take the label off of it and we just remember who we are, like our original essence, and then it's almost like retraining. You know, most of us in Western culture didn't get this training. So if if you take it in another context, right, and you look at... Buddhist monks, for example, and you look at certain monks who know that they're going to reincarnate and they actually plant the seeds for that. And then their community knows that too. So as soon as this master dies, then the community is already long before that death planted the seeds to go and look for the reincarnation of this being. And then they take them into a container where they will nourish and nurture that remembering in their bones from the moment and before their inception. They've already been preparing for this being to return, right? And you think about the way that thing right now, right? So I've been I've been in this process that I'm calling cashmere rebirthing. <laughs> and I like it because A, I love cashmere. B, my nervous system has been asking for everything soft, right? And C through Z ad infinitum, I realize that we have the opportunity to rebirth ourselves in every moment. And I start to imagine what would that look like, right? And and so what if all the aunties, right? Like, you know this, Raj. So when I was born in India, the first thing that happened for me was that my grandmother put honey in my mouth to remind me to always, right? That's a ritual. And also, I was born a vertical cesarean which is so rare that most folks probably haven't heard of this, but it is the most intense birth that you can have coming in to a human incarnation. So imagine if all the aunties were gathered, right? Or the grandmothers and all your elders and all your relatives to celebrate this incarnation. And imagine if from that place of celebration, you were given just the softest welcoming in with all the light and and all that was possible wherever you were given your circumstances it doesn't have to be that you're born in a palace you could be born in the slums of delhi but when they remember who you are and why you've come there's a celebration and a container that's created that sets the foundation of the rest of your life When there's a collective forgetting, it sets that too, right? And so then we go through a process of remembering. So I'm curious, like, because you mentioned something in there around sort of like rebirth every day. And when I think about birth, like, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Joke. it's, It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of like expenditure. It's like... If I'm even thinking about it, like the idea of being born again every single day feels almost like overwhelming. How do you speak to that? And is there a reframe of birthing or having rebirth or going through a process of being born again that's that's less than the context in which I'm actually like holding it with? Yeah. So it's just... It's physics, right? It's just energy. It's frequency meeting frequency. So when I talk about a cashmere rebirth, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, okay. How can this be soft? How can this be nourishing? How can this re-imprint the memory in my bones of what it is to take birth, to incarnate, 
to be nourished, to be held, to go through all the shit that we're going to go through, to have to push, to have people die, to have, you know, all the things, whether, you know, you need, whether it's rough or whether it's a soft landing. It gets to be soft right now, right? And so in birth, there is, of course, there's the time to push and there's the intensity of all of that. That's part of the process. And then if the mothers innately didn't remember how to take that pause and breathe and rest for the next push, they wouldn't be able to burst. It's in our bone, right? And so that's what I mean, that, you know, it doesn't have to be always such a push. And I think about that with ceremony. I think about that a lot with medicine these days. You know, there's a lot of push in ceremony, in medicine ceremonies that for a lot of folks, like it needs to be super intense. If you're not having all of this purging and going back through the birth matrix over and over, and if you're not meeting the Godhead every time, and if you're not, you know, shaking and shitting yourself, then you're not doing it right. (laughs) And I'm saying that that is one way. And we do need to have some of those experiences. That they're the meat of, of us as well, right? And also. And also. I love the I love the and also. I am finding my medicine is certainly like kind of toggling back and forth between the softness. Because I, I find that when I'm in a period of push, let me go find the answer. Let me go work through this problem. Let me fix it. Let me go, go, go. I'm missing the medicine. Like the medicine is actually in the slowness of allowing the feeling of allowing the discomfort to bubble up. It's in allowing the body to, to relax into the healing instead of it being something that's forced or targeted or directed. It's a, which almost feels like a nature of my mind. Like my mind wants a certain outcome. Therefore, it is pushing with a certain agenda. And it isn't until I, I witness the agenda happening and then I'm allowing myself to soften and let go and surrender in some ways the agenda that my mind has that I then somehow experience greater breakthroughs than anything my mind can calculate. It's like in that surrender, I'm softening into the intuitive wisdom, the connectedness And then the magic starts to be much more expansive because it's beyond anything my mind can actually even comprehend. I like to call it grace. Mm. Right? So above all of that complexity, it's just grace. It's like if Mm. it's us, it's us, right? So we have a brain that lives in our head that we call the mind, which is just one incredible facet of an entire cosmos and ecosystem that is our our meat suit right our body and the brain has a job that lives in our in our head that brain has a job (laughs) you know and it does its job brilliantly (laughs) it's just that in our culture that's what's been educated privileged uh, nurtured nourished and so we to learn and so has this beautiful brain that lives in our head that we call the mind that that's um that's the default mode network right and it just isn't and so it just isn't right and so we just get to learn that like oh wow and that you know we go through some grief around that we go through a lot of like foot stomping and, you know, like, you got to be fucking kidding me, you know, because we've bought off on a story. Well, that's the piece that's like the attachment to the mind, right? Like the attachment, like I, one of my biggest processes I had in my recent Aya ceremony was, can I be a witness to the mind from the space of my heart? And I realized that that was a muscle that I had to practice. Like I, I haven't trained. I, I naturally feel like I'm in my heart. I've done a lot of work to become more grounded in love. 
But to practice the heart in coherence with the mind and to be able to communicate with the different centers and to understand the nuances in the way that they communicate with one another. And it just takes training. I love that you said that. And, and, and we don't develop enough. I don't think as a society, we've done a great job of really teaching. I think we have brilliant frameworks for the mind, but we haven't really taught, at least I haven't been taught. And I had to kind of go through a process of remembering. Maybe that is the process of remembering how to engage all these different aspects of, of self so that we can be more integrated and whole and show up in the fullness of our authentic blueprint. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what remembering is. It's coming back into full systems alignment. That's it, my friend. That's it. I mean, if you, if you go back and you map the course of your life as a map that your past, present, future self created, for you to follow, like like the fairy tales, Hansel and Gretel, the breadcrumbs, like literally the stars, the same, like this primordial essence of Raj that's been an infinite number of other primordial essences or, or beings, but with the same essence. And you look at your life and you're like, okay, how did this happen, right? I created this coffee company and then I did this thing and then I did that thing. and But even back then... I knew the mantra was to stay grounded. I just didn't understand what it meant. So I yeah, it's funny. <laughs> myself, right? I thought it meant to caffeinate myself. So I've been mapping this all I like to map things. It's just one of the ways that things show up for me. When I was when I was younger, I mapped it to the the forest and the fairies. And then I went to business school and I mapped it to statistics and you know accounting and spreadsheets. And now I've come back to map it to all those different ways, right? And and you look at this map that you've created for yourself. And, and right now I'm looking at um, the polyvagal system. That one has been a game changer. It's been a game changer when I realized that despite my best intentions and all the work that I was still trying to regulate to a dysregulated mama, right? That I thought was the mama. And as my birth mother. And so I got that message from, from a, actually a big psilocybin journey. So I'm not saying there isn't space for that. It's just, it was a hard one, you know, and I needed to lay on my couch for days and days and get the, the support, right? So anyway, back to caffeine and your stay grounded. The vagus nerve and our polyvagal system, what I realized recently, and I was driving, I live in Big Sur, okay? So I have to drive an hour to go to the grocery store to go to all my healing appointments to you know do things in what we call town that I was racing to get to my healing session and I realized like oh my god my nervous system is like dysregulating itself before I go in to do this healing work then I'm going to spend like half my session half my session unraveling that urgency that race to get there and then I'll get to actually drop in and do a little bit of the work and then what I was shown was that's what we're doing collectively, right? So we are collectively, our body systems, our cultural systems are have been regulating to a dysregulated nervous system and the adrenaline and the cortisol and everything that we produce in our system has been perpetuating this loop, right? So it used to be caffeine to stay grounded and now you've evolved into what it is to actually drop into the body, feel your back body, notice what is it, what's happening. Look at this whole map that you've created for yourself and all the ways that you You can't make this shit up. My, (laughs) You can't make this shit up. Well, it's just like, I couldn't write a story this good. Like, it's just so fascinating when I go back. Like, I still have the first episodes I ever recorded on the podcast. I've recorded over 280-something conversations over five years. So that's like one a week for every single week. And what's so beautiful about that is I can go back and actually feel where I was at. Like, I can feel the like the speed with which I was speaking, the tonality, the questions I was asking, the nature of, of me. And it's, and it's so fascinating because like when I go back in time and I look at it from that lens of like, okay, like it all makes perfect sense. 
it makes sense the choices I made. It makes sense the relationships I had. It makes sense the businesses I chose to engage in. It makes sense the role I played. It makes sense the mistakes I made. Like everything actually makes sense when I zoom out far enough to see the grand design. So can and you, when I choose to see the grand design. So can you pause for a minute and just let that land in your body? Like when I go back through and I have created a school for myself, a map for myself, where I actually get to see in different ways than most folks would, like week by week by week, the change in my frequency, the change in my voice, the change in my conversations and my questions, and all the different beings that got to do that with me and all the beings that got to listen to that. And that we're all doing this together. Like we're all in this whole game together that we actually created for ourselves. And when I say the we, I don't mean like this little ego that's like, I'm doing this. I did this. Look, it's like, no, the essence of us that knows how to walk ourselves home at the perfect time. And then when I think of that, I can rest in that for a minute, right? I can just be like, oh, wow, all right. It doesn't, it's not spiritual bypass. It doesn't mean I don't get to feel the pain that's happening right now in my body because I've helped been holding all the things or all of it. It's not a, it's not that. It's just like, oh, wow, well, that frequency just feels better. <laughs> It feels lighter in my body. So I know well, it's, it's a choice. I know it's the truth. One of the things I've noticed and I've realized about just my own journey and like we can create a feeling state that we desire to have at any given moment. And when I choose to come back and remember something like you just mentioned, like Raj, when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the thick of it, can you just zoom out and see? the journey. I recently started doing this exercise where I, I have like a, an iPhone note and inside of that iPhone note, I've started making a list of like all the amazing things I've accomplished. Anytime I feel like an imposter, I literally go back and just read the note or anytime I feel afraid of like something, something big happening, like a big change in my life happening, a big circumstance coming in that I didn't expect. I go back and I read another note where it's like all the surprise blessings that have showed up in my life. And I realized that like just that simple practice of even though things are in a state of chaos momentarily does not mean I can't access universal trust. And I'm curious if the first thing on that list of amazing things isn't your birth. That. Damn. <laughs> Dream, it's not. I might, I, it's not. <laughs> it should be, though. Holy fuck, it should be. Yeah. It totally should be, but it's and not. And then if we look at that, my friend, every single being, eight billion of them almost, right? What's the count clock going right now? And then eight billion humans. Look at the more than human, right? Because by far, we are just a speck in this collective ecosystem, right? So let's look at the more than human. And if you look at that, and all of us just remembered that, that the miracle, the greatest accomplishment is actually landing in a body. The precision, the the will, the will to get in a body and to stay here amidst all the beauty and all the chaos is our greatest accomplishment. If we do that in this lifetime, trust me, my friend, the infinite lifetimes that we we may or may not choose to experience from that point forward and backwards, we change our consciousness. We change our karmic imprint. We I mean, it's so beautiful to like, I think that I literally just went to my little note and I added that in there. Like number one, I was born and it's there now. It's at the top of like ahead of all the other things I've done and accomplished and experienced because you're right. The well, the inherent, I think there's a, a resistance as a collective, as an ind, as individuals to like allow ourselves to feel our inherent worth. And I would love to know, like, why do you think, 
that is? Like, why are we so resistant to just feeling our inherent worth? Like this, like what you just mentioned is so true. Like I actually can't think of a more true statement that the miracle of you being born, the miracle of you ending up in this body, it's, it is truly when we zoom out an absolute miracle of it happening. And it's still happening every moment. Why are we so resistant? Well, as somebody who literally has spent the vast majority of her incarnation in this life and this body disassociated and learning how to come back in and just step by step by step, it's not personal. It's just frequency. So if we're born into an ecosystem that doesn't value the innate nation of earth, right, from the deepest sense, right, from the deepest sense. I mean, even, you know, I was in this conversation the other day and we were talking about like, even the farmers like back when, when they would have like a flock of kids because they knew that there was going to be a bumper crop, right, and they needed more hands on deck. The value of those babies, right, coming in, like they knew they were creating and contributing to this whole ecosystem of which they were a part, right? And so there was celebration around that, right? There was celebration around it in the same ways, like, yeah, it's just different, right? So it's just different when it comes in that way. And we get imprinted with our inherent value. And we're not spending so much of our life thinking something's wrong with us if we're connected to our hearts. (laughs) And we need to endlessly find it outside. It's just what our culture thinks is the way. And we're, there are more and more and more that are waking up to like, oh my God. I mean, that's what happened for me. That's what happened for me. And I, that's what happened for me when my husband died. And literally, I was stripped of everything that I thought I was. Like in a moment, in a moment, I was no longer a wife. In a moment, I was no longer a mother. In a moment, I was no longer a business owner because I actually gave zero fucks about that. So I was like, oh my God, everything that I thought I was, that I thought mattered, doesn't. It just doesn't. You know, and I got that like in a circuitous way, like the year before he died, my dad died. So I called it death 101 because before that, I didn't have this piece of the puzzle. (laughs) I was just trucking along, like thinking I was living, but knowing really that I wasn't. And that dissonance, that cognitive dissonance creates so much inner tension. I need to just rephrase, like, when you thought you were living, but you knew you weren't. I just really want to sit with that for a second. Like, that is such a profound statement that I think is at the root of, you said it, all of our dissonance. It's a story, you know, and that story has energy. And so that energy has a frequency to it. It's not personal. It's just what we've learned. And so as you fall away, sometimes in really hard ways and sometimes in really beautiful ways, right? Sometimes we'll be in a ceremony and we'll be like, oh my God, I mean, I remember. So after my dad died, I was guided down to Mexico. And I was guided to sit with a really master, master, master teacher plant called Iboga. And I thought I was guided for my husband, who was working with some heavy relationship with alcohol. And I thought I was going there to reconnect with my dad because he just died. And I was in, in ways, you know, but really I was going to connect with my inner critic. And when I saw the tone, with which I spoke to myself inside. And that medicine showed me how to turn this like frown that I have, like this, my brother calls it my resting grumpy face, you know, which is just this concentration of trying to like figure it all out into a smile. That simple reframe. It was like 
learning to be alive for the first time. I came out remembering like, my God, this is what it feels like to brush your teeth. I have teeth. These are like brilliant beings in my body that are helping me to do so many things connected to every organ, connected to every blood vessel. Like if you don't have that, you think that the job and the career and the family and all the things are it, but that there is still this seed inside that knows that that's not it. And so there's this dissonance constantly that you can't quite name, but you just know it. And so you're running towards it all the time, but you're running towards it outside. Like you think it's the the this, right? I thought it was the house and the family and the garden and the things. But the way I created that was all out of just imprinted traumas, which are just stories. And Those are all just mirrors of the story. That's mirrors right. of the story that is running. And what's so empowering about that is that once you have the awareness that it is a story within you, with the right awareness and support, you can actually begin to create a whole new story. And that's when everything like you just did, like, you know, even for, it's funny, you know, the inner critic's very present for me because I recently just had an experience of coaching. Let's just use the word coach because that was the word that came through for me. I coached, my heart coached my inner critic how to be an inner guide. <laughs> and now I have a very loving inner guide that is compassionately trying to look out for my best interests but not with a frown, not with a critical tone, not with a jarring edge of self-rejection and the, the scripts of abandonment and needing to, to get, like that was my story that I had to abandon my own needs in order to make others happy or to preserve relationships or to keep the status quo because I had this story that I was ill-equipped to handle any set of circumstances that showed up. And when I became aware of that story, wow, what a gift. It was like I got to go into a conversation with my inner critic and just reassure him that I actually got this. I'm fine. I so, so, so can handle any set of uncertainties that show up and that I can show up for him. And it was like, the rewriting of the story and and it's so empowering. I think that's just what I love about these types of conversations because the more awareness we can bring to the fact that these are stories. The stories create the dissonance. They're stories. They're stories and their lived experiences. And the stories and lived experiences get stored in our body as energy. And you know, I call I called it for myself like the give it away to get it, right? That is a that is an old archetype. It's an archetype. It's an archetype of the, of the mother, right? It's an archetype of the like endless mother, which is actually the mother. And she is endless and infinite and, and eternally giving, right? And at the same time, it's gotten confused. <laughs> it's just gotten confused in this, right? And that's because it's come through the ancestral line as an archetypal story that this is how we receive love. Is that we we do that, but we we don't really understand love in that way. And so it just becomes this loop of what we think we need to do to survive. Because in fact, it was what we needed to do to survive. Because if we came in and, and, and family units were dysregulated, well, then we needed to go outside of our bodies, outside of ourselves to tap into something that was safe, that was not inside of us, to connect with the endless consciousness that is endlessly giving, the, the universal mother, the earth mother. and then. The dissonance of that taught us patterns that we just followed, right? Until we don't, until one day we're like, oh, wow, we've accumulated either enough of the suffering of that and also enough of the awareness of it and enough support 
in our ecosystem to say, oh, that frequency, I don't need to play that out anymore. There's something else for me. There's something else. And then beyond that is like, we don't actually even have to try. Beyond that is like this practice that, like, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm in now because it's like this practice of leaning in from the inside and receiving the guidance. It wants to come to us. What's so alive in this conversation for me, and I'm just really feeling like the ceremony of letting like these 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 distortions these aspects of self to either be integrated or die whatever word we want to use but it's a ceremony it is like i i think i'm really connecting the way that we started this conversation around the ceremony of of being alive it is even a daily rebirth can look like a letting go of these it's a choice to let go of anything that gets in the way of us being kind to ourselves. It's a, it's, it's a ceremony of letting go of anything that gets in the way of us not trusting in the divine or in the, in, in the orchestration of a, of a higher power. It, it's, it's a, it's a daily ceremony of, of making these incredible choices for yourself, for your own well being, for your own sense of peace, for your own, um, just being at the end of the day, like it's, it's a gift that we get to give ourselves by letting ourselves be reborn and die in the moments we choose to allow that. Yeah. I, I like to think of it as infinite consciousness, birthing, dying consciousness. It's like if you, if you take the label of the birth and the death out and there's just this like, expanding and contracting of consciousness and you're like okay so what does it mean if I don't have to force my way through and I don't have to push what does it mean if I'm if there's some stories in me and they have a certain energy to them and then I could meet them with like softness right like um mercy right um, Stephen Levine, who was a teacher that I really loved, it was the one book that I read um, when my husband died, which was called Who Dies? And it's just this practice of like meeting with compassion, right? Or mercy, or I like to, I replace mercy with softness because that's mercy is not my language, right? So just like softness of like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and when I meet it with softness, it just feels better. <laughs> it's not, it's not complicated. It just feels better. And I can be like, okay, well, that's just a frequency that I'm meeting this other frequency with that has been living in me that's dissonant to my innate frequency. And so it just doesn't belong there because it's like this other energy rises to meet it. And then it just, it needs to clear out because it's not in service of this other game that we're choosing to play. There's a richness to allowing ourselves to see life through this lens. And I think it's an allowing. I I, I don't feel like we've given ourselves the gift of, like, I don't think we realize how much of a gift we have to just give ourselves. Like we don't have to ask anyone's permission to give ourselves these gifts. I, 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 I think for a long time I waited. I thought I needed to earn the privilege of feeling this way. I needed to earn the right to have this state. I, I just had this story that I had to do more to experience my inherent worth and just Hearing you speak, hearing your, your, just the way you even weave the conversation. I think it brings back so much grace and allowance to just allow myself to be. Yeah. Uh, and, to just 
just to be, honey, just to be when you look back at the arc of like the last five years and you're looking at your frequency and you're looking at the change in your conversation and you're looking at even just the heaviness of this, like I had this story and it was that I needed to do this, this and this. If you just take the label off the story, it just was like an experience. It, mm. it, it was like where you were at in school. <laughs> you know, it was just like. Thank you for that, too. That's good. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, beautiful oh, too. Okay. I, think. I was there, right? And you can almost have a chuckle at it. <laughs> like, would you look at that? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> a buzzing fucking bee, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? You wouldn't go look at the bumblebees oh that are like really high on the nectar that they you just know. got. And go, look at you, like you need to slow down. No, you just be like, this is what the bee does. It's buzzing. And then it's fucking hilarious that like, I'm like looking at my life right now and it's so present because like I was just this morning sitting into a lot of gratitude for so many challenges that I've experienced. And for the first time in a long time, actually just feeling like I called in all of these experiences and I wouldn't want any of them to be any different. And I wouldn't, because it's like all of these experiences were actually perfect for me and where I was at. And I'm so proud of who I am today. And I love who I am today. And I know that like, if I was any more quote unquote whole or any more quote unquote, like less of a spaz or anything, like I couldn't have actually created the cocktail of the tornado that I was and the tornado was all necessary. Like if I don't love the tornado, I can't love the man I am today. And I think it's all just a really important reminder to, to really stay in that frequency of, of that, of that perspective. Like to me, at least for me and my own, uh, the gift to myself is to stay grounded in that frequency, in that, in that tone, in that, in that, in that remembrance, uh, because it's, there's there, I, I can't think of a more important gift to give myself and everyone in my life than to truly be grateful for all the versions of Raj, not just the version of Raj that's here today. That's right. And so when you say that, it also translates out and echoes out to all the beings that are listening to this podcast, right? That they remember that right where they are is perfect. And so they don't need to be anywhere else. They don't need to be where you are or where I am. Like we've all, we've all done the journey, right? And we're all doing the journey perfectly where we are. I mean, in and of itself, that gives us the right to be. And if we have the right to be, we start to remember our right to be. And then we're like, oh yeah, when somebody says we don't have the right to be, we're like, oh wait, that's not that you think you don't have the right to be. And so you're trying to tell me I don't have the right to be. I'm not going to take that personally, but I'm going to say I actually have the right to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't need to be anywhere else. Dream. Other than you <laughs> so lovely oh my goodness i just like i just love <laughs> i i'm very appreciative of this conversation and the depths i, I had no idea where we were going to go today to be completely honest i told you that before we hit the record button but how we got here to remind people of that like that's where we landed and that's that's a reflection of your frequency. Like that's the frequency you're bringing out. And so I just really appreciate you and your beingness. Um, whatever honey you're drinking, it's great. Keep doing it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm super about it. And I very much appreciate receiving all of the love and the, and I feel very seen and appreciated. And I feel, I just feel very grateful that we got a chance to 
go down the rabbit hole, down this rabbit hole. This specific, there's many rabbit holes we could have gone down, but I'm very grateful that somehow, some way, intuition just took us down this one. So true? thank you for just being. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you too, my friend. Thank you for thank you for holding the space to create grounded conversations. Mm-hmm. Dream. So. I would love to share a little bit about your work or whatever is alive for you right now with anyone listening so that if they wanted to reach out or get engaged or thank you or any of the sorts, like they can know what you're up to and how they can play with you. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a few ways that we can play together right now. And there's lots of ways that we'll be able to play together in the future. I can feel has lots is always percolating in me and there's some um, there's a beautiful way that I would love to seed this conversation that there are practical ways for us to return to these spaces that want to come together into an ecosystem and that's um that's a dream that I'm dreaming in and but right now there is a, a program that I helped to create called Entheo wheel. And it's the first of eight different medicines. And the first medicine was psilocybin because it is what comes up from the ground. And so it spoke first to come through. And it's a program that weaves in conversations around ancient science, as I like to call it, or ceremony and contemplative modern Western science. And it's a whole group of people through facilitation with me coming into conversations just like this, but around psilocybin. And so that's entheowheel.com. And and I'm really looking to transition that into something that is community held and community funded. Because up until recently, we were funding this through advertising on Facebook and through many different circumstances, but the highest of which is just that I was just like, this is not in resonance. It's not how this wants to come forward. I stopped doing that. And so with that said, you know, it needs some fuel. It needs some support in order for it to continue to iterate and the other medicines to be born. So people can drop in, they can you know, purchase the course, they can reach out to make a contribution, they can reach out with ideas of how it wants to be, you know, community held, um, because that's the next vision for Enthea Wheel. They can tune in with me. Um, Right now, I'm facilitating a monthly ceremony called the Ceremony of Living and Dying, which is a endless death rebirth experience, but it's a death meditation, and it's a rebirth meditation. So you get to out kind of like we did, come back out remembering who you are. They can tune with me on at, at dreammullet.com. I occasionally do one-on-one sessions and work. And they can tune in on Prescription X. I forgot to mention this to you, Raj, but for the last eight years, my brother Nirvan and I have been following the story of Rick Doblin and maps through the arc of legalization. So we are creating the film, the documentary on Rick's work and life and maps work. And we're getting to bring that out at, at psychedelic science conference in Denver to ask for support from the community because we've been quietly doing this behind the scenes. So any support for that film, anybody that wants to get involved and help that come we promised Rick that it would come out right after legalization, which fingers crossed gets through in a good way and gets through in a way that it is held by the community and isn't profitized and monetized. So I'm going to hold that vision right now for maps as well, that Rick's original intention and vision to have this be of benefit for all continues to be held in that way. And so when legalization happens in 2024, we want to be ready to launch this film. So support would be amazing as well. We'll make all those links available in the show notes so that there's clear places for everyone to go. Dream, I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Oof. Well... 
how do I stay grounded? It is an ongoing practice for me, especially being somebody that receives a lot of visions and channels, you know, a lot that that tends to be from the kind of heart space up. And right now I'm working actually with clearing some big blocks, like almost a a fortress that I built for myself kind of between my solar plexus and my pelvic floor. And so I'm working with all kinds of different ways, but the principal one is just really returning to my central channel to drop in, to feel my bones and to notice what it feels like from the inside and to root down from that place to allow myself to drop so deep into the core and the center that I know that I'm held by something that can anchor me, that wants to stay in the body, you know? And from that place, I'm like, okay, come on back home. (laughs) Let's be in the body. Let's stay here. You know, I sometimes I like feel my body. Sometimes I tap. Sometimes it's like, okay, go out and get your feet in the earth. Just put your feet in the ground. Sometimes it's swish the water around in my mouth and remember that I'm actually drinking water. And let it nourish my cheeks. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then lots Dream. of. You are lovely. Between. And I, <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's low dose microdosing with medicines. Like sometimes a, a, a microdose right now, it's really working for me is this incredible cannabis chocolate that a friend of mine is making that has all kinds of other like nervous system regulating support in it that just like, oh, helps me kind of stay in memory of being informed because it's easy for me to fly out. Mm. Dream, thank you again for sharing your heart and all of you with us today. I'm very grateful that we got this time together. Thank you, dear one, for the invitation Mm -hmm. to share story. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all the beings to plan. Thank you to all the support that came in to guide our session. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Dream. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.